Hello and welcome to Meet Him, the newest addition to Virtual Inforum. My name is Terry Barclay and I'm president and CEO of Inforum, a nonprofit who, whose work includes highlighting and supporting diversity in business leadership. The Meet Him podcast series introduces listeners to male leaders who share what they've learned about the value of diverse leadership in their companies and in their own leadership journeys. And I am just really, really delighted that joining me today is Jim Henschel, Vice President, Global Safety Systems and Integration, General Motors. A mechanical engineer by trade, Jim has more than 34 years at GM and has held global leadership positions in several critical areas. Welcome, Jim, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Terry. Nice to, it's nice to be here. So we'll, we'll, I know you're, you're busy, uh, <laughs> you know, talk about an organization that has continued to make a difference during the COVID crisis by, uh, you know, doing new things, but now you're trying to get back to making cars and trucks. So, right. <laughs> so exactly. we'll, we'll, we'll just jump right in. What does being a male ally mean to you? Uh, so first off, I, I think it's one of my one of the most important things that I, I think I can do as a male ally is is um, and, and really this isn't just being a male ally. This is just being an ally is helping people really believe in themselves because uh, I think it's really important uh, that knowing that somebody believes in you um, is is one of those things that I think um, we, we we maybe uh, take for granted uh, that's in certain people and not in others and. And so, you know, it, it's, it's very important for me uh, to help people know that they, what they do is good and they are good. And as a matter of fact, I think, um, I think that most people are great. And, um, and I think that if you believe that you can achieve something, you can achieve it. But if you don't believe in yourself, then it's unlikely that you're going to be able to achieve something. And so whether that's a male, female, uh, whatever that is, and, but but I will I will say that that um, many uh, women um, and this is a broad generalization. I think you probably read some of the Harvard, Harvard Business Review stuff. But you know, take the job description, right? So if there's a job description, you've probably heard this before. Um, uh, uh, women won't apply for the job unless they meet 100% of the requirements. Men will apply for the job if they meet just 60%, because they believe yes. they can learn those things. And, uh, and so it's so important uh, that we reinforce to people that they're good and they're capable way more than they believe they are. You know, I, I just love that. And, and you're absolutely right about that research. It's also interesting, you know, Inforum does a lot of leadership development work. We have a portfolio of programs and we do assessments as part of those programs. One of the areas where there are some distinct gender differences in those assessment metrics relates to confidence. So, you know, so it really reinforces the point that you're making. And I, I just personally, I remember early in my career, the first time I had a colleague or a boss who actually kind of believed in me more than I believed in myself. And what a difference that makes in uh, what a difference it made to me in my willingness to take on risk. So, so kudos to you that I think you're onto something 
with that. Thank you. Yeah, and, and, and you know, one of, the, one of the other things, I mean, there's very subtle things that, that happen at the workplace that, that I can affect. So, you know, another example of that would be, you know, even in my, in my staff meeting, right? Um, we're well, back when we used to be in the office. Um, <laughs> people would uh, kind of have their seats that they would all sit in in the staff meeting. And, and oftentimes, uh, and I noticed this, uh, that relegated some of the women on my staff to, to not be sitting at the table. And, and I, I asked them, why aren't you sitting at the table? And, and, and they came back and said, well, you know, this is kind of the norm. And, and I said, that's not the norm. That doesn't need to be the norm. And so what I started to do is I started to sit in different people's seats. Um, and I moved my, my way around the room, which then enabled, uh, I think that opened people up to, hey, this, this doesn't have to be this way. And as a matter of fact, it shouldn't be this way. So just simple things like that, I think, uh, also make it make a difference. What a powerful image that is, and uh, what a great example of something very specific, seemingly minor, that you can do as a leader, that men can do as leaders to set the tone and set sort of a different expectation. That's that's a really great. Um, example. I'm kind of wondering, it's kind of a good segue to our next question, which is, what are the challenges and opportunities companies face in being intentional about gender diversity? Yeah, so I, th I think uh, relative to that, I think one of the most important things we can do is, that I can do, is to encourage diversity. Because I think, as, as you can imagine, we all have uh, unintentional biases. Um, I, I have them, everybody has them. And yep, uh, I, I have them. We, you're right. We all have them. You're right. <laughs> and, 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 and I think because they're unintentional, we don't even know that they exist. And so when it comes time to, you know, when we're having uh, discussions around candidates for positions, I think it's so important to understand and continue to ask sort of the five whys, because we, as, as you can imagine, we tend to, we tend to promote or we tend to move people into positions that are like us. And I, I know, at least in my career, the thing that has benefited me the most is to be open to diversity of thought, because I believe that diversity of thought is uh, the, the precursor for creativity, because it forces you to view a situation from a different point of view, of which a good portion of the organization looks at it from that point of view. So I think we have a tremendous opportunity to really encourage um, uh, and, and ask the question so people can kind of recognize themselves that they maybe have a bias. Um, and so I've, I have, I'm, I'm fortunate that I'm in a position oftentimes to be asking questions. Um, and, and so I do, I end up going through five whys before the person kind of says, yeah, well, in the end, it's because a person's like me. And I feel like that's, that's the reason why. And then, and they say, well, does that really make sense? Shouldn't we be you know, more along the diversity lines, because like I said, it's benefited me in my career. You know, that's um, such a great, <laughs> that's such a great example, because you're right, we all, especially when we're under pressure or stress, mm -hmm. we all go to our comfort zones. And um, it takes conscious effort to get beyond that. So that's, you've given us a useful tool, the five whys for making sure that you're not solely reacting out of your comfort zone, but that there's other reasons for the hiring decisions that you're making. Are, 
are there are there other i mean you've been a leader at general motors for more than three decades so are there other um challenges that you see i mean certainly the company when i reflect back on wow the company's made huge progress in the last three decades on diversity so you've been around to see some of that change um are there other opportunities other challenges um so yeah you know i think there's um well let, let's just say i think there's daily challenges um i think that that um you know it, it, it sort of goes back along to that first thing that i that i uh, was talking about in your first question and and how even we as leaders um uh, sometimes we don't believe in ourselves, and I, I, I'm sure uh, you know. Since you do a lot of of um, you know leadership development, you're fully aware of the imposter syndrome, of which of which both men and women, by the way, uh, have the imposter syndrome. In other words, you're in a position where you feel like you're an imposter. You're not capable of this, mm -hmm. and and again, I think oftentimes my role is to encourage. Uh, and in particular, we're talking about women, encourage women that they are capable. Mm. They're more than capable. Um, because, and in generalization again, but we, we as men always believe we're capable. Um, and so, although, although I will tell you, there have been times where I thought, wow, I, I can't believe that they're, they're asking me to do this role. I don't know anything <laughs> about this. So, but I believe I can do it. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I just think that is such a great example because it comes up over and over again, not just in early. And what's interesting to me about it is not just early in people's careers, but at each inflection point where there's a choice to be made <clears throat> about a new assignment or, you know, I, you know, it kind of crops up again. But, you know, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got uh, from someone who, who just would say, do it scared. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That, that's great advice. That is great advice. Um, and, because you, you amaze yourself. You will amaze yourself. Yeah, yes. And, and uh, well, anyway, we could, we could talk, talk more about that. But I'm really curious, um, Jim, how do you continue to grow and develop as a leader? Um, so there's a few things uh, I think that, that are important to me. One is um, I have what I call it, uh, and I, you, it's just not a common tool. It's a leadership credo. Um, so it, it's, it's, what do I want to be as a leader? It's not what I am today. And, and I'm constantly, uh, minding the gap between where I am today and where I want to be. And I will tell you that, that my behavior, um, I, I, I assess it regularly and I assess it, uh, against that credo of what I want to be. And the credo basically is, uh, it's around wholehearted leadership. Uh, so leading from the heart, um, it's having courage, it's being willing to dare greatly, and to have gratitude. And, and so it's interesting because every day, um, I don't necessarily behave that way. And so, um, so that's one of the things that's important to me. Um, I read a lot. Uh, you probably, from that, from my credo, you could probably recognize that I'm a big Brene Brown fan. My, my wife introduced me to her about five years ago. And um, I've used it a lot in my leadership uh, and my leader. And, and then another thing I do is uh, leadership meetings. And I need to prepare for those. Uh, and I do those every other month with uh, the 
my uh, directors, senior managers, directors and above, uh, it's about 120 people. Um, and we, we talk about, uh, you know, something that's pertinent to the business. And then we talk about, you know, a leadership uh, lesson. And, um, and I, I re I've watched documentaries, I podcasts, uh, read a lot of books. Um, and those are kind of what we talk about in, in that form. And that's really great. You know, so I, Brené Brown is just amazing, isn't she? She's she is. amazing. Yeah. Uh, so many lessons from her. Um, I think especially in, in these times, because we get so task focused that it's good to have those reminders um, that these are people. <laughs> these yeah. are human beings that are yeah. doing these jobs, right? Yeah, and and, and and you know, she talks she talks a fair amount about positive leadership and, and the impact of positive leadership versus leading through fear. Mm -hmm. And um and and that's very, very important to me as a leader is to lead in a positive way. Cause I believe that you in the end, um, you know, people are intrinsically motivated. They're intrinsically motivated by things like mastery. And mastery comes from, from, from my perspective, from positive reinforcement. Um, so. Yeah, great, great points. Thank you for, for those. You've uh, seen a lot. You've been on your own leadership journey and you've seen a lot over the course of your career. Is there one mistake that you witness leaders making more free, frequently than others? Um, yeah, so, I, so on this one, I, I just talked about motivation through fear. Um, that's, that's one that, that I, that I often see. And, and I'll be honest with you, you know, one of the things that's in my credo is courage. Um, it, that requires courage on my part to pull that person aside and, and talk to them about that, which is never comfortable. Um, but motivation through fear is one of them. I think the other, maybe more important one is, um, is around servant leadership. You know, is it, is it, my role as a leader of, of this organization is to serve the organization. The organization's role is not to serve me. And, um, and oftentimes when somebody doesn't deliver something that I think uh, we needed to deliver, I look at myself and I look at how I ask that question. And most of the time it's in, I wasn't clear. I wasn't clear in what I wanted and, and, and what I had asked for. And, um, and mm. I think um, it's interesting because Dan McCollum, uh, is, I think he's like the father of the org chart, uh, 1854, actually, I think was the first org chart. And, uh, you, you might know this, you probably do go to this. It was originally drawn upside down. Yes. Um, yes. And, uh, that's the way it should be <laughs> from my perspective. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great story. I'd forgotten that actually. <laughs> I'd forgotten that. Yeah. yeah. He was, he was like the ops, uh, leader for the New York Erie railway. I think. Yeah. 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 Great, great point. Is, so is there a key trader skill that has helped you get where you are? Uh, probably, uh, I actually probably two, um, but probably one of the most, in, most important one is, um, empathy, uh, actually truly caring about, uh, people, but also a willingness to show some level of, of uh, vulnerability. Um, because I, I'm really a believer that vulnerability creates connections, uh, and connections lead to authenticity, which ultimately leads, leads to trust. 
And I think if people don't trust you, they won't follow you. And, and so it's, it's, it's so important that they know you and they know that we're, we're all human, including me. Uh, I certainly make plenty of mistakes. Uh, and it's important that I, that I own up to those mistakes. Um, as hard as that is oftentimes, because my first reaction is almost always, it's circumstantial, right? There's all these circumstances that cause me to uh, <laughs> act the way I acted. But the reality is you gotta feel it back and, uh, and look at it and say, no, that wasn't circumstantial. You, you just messed up. Mm. Um, it's mm. never fun, <laughs> I'll tell you that. Oh my goodness, I, I'm just sitting here laughing a little bit because when I ask that question, I often think in my mind, what would I say is the key trader skill that comes through? And, and, and let me just say that I nailed it, that I would have said just having known you just a very short time, <laughs> I would have said empathy um, was yeah. at the top of my list. So um, <clears throat> it's interesting that you identify that as important. Um, I really appreciate you sharing those insights and uh, being willing to be vulnerable, you know, and admit that, that it's, it's a challenge, right? It's, it just is. Yeah. And, and you probably have had these in your career too, where somebody's pointed out to you something you did very publicly and, um, and then to have to go back on that, on that very public uh, event and, and own it is sometimes very difficult. <laughs> no, Jim, that's never happened to me because I'm yeah not not <laughs> so so one final question do you have a favorite quote you'd like to share and why yeah so actually it's interesting i actually have a a, a few um one of my uh, one of my all-time uh, favorite quotes actually is a lincoln quote which i which i'm sure you've heard um and I, and I don't even know uh, exactly when he said this, but um, he said um, where he was, he would, had to meet with somebody and he met with this individual and this individual, uh, he actually, Lincoln didn't like him. And his quote was, I don't like that man. I need to get to know him better. Um, and, and I think that that's true from a, from a that, that's the whole point sometimes around unconscious bias uh, and diversity is when somebody is different from you, you tend not to, sometimes it's not that you don't like it. It's just that you don't agree with it or understand it. And, and I think it, that quote kind of captures it all. I had, I had a couple other Teddy Roosevelt quotes that I just love, um, but they're longer and I'll, I'll spare you those. <laughs> you know, again, thinking back early in my career, one of the best pieces of advice that I got was learn to work with people you don't like. But I love, I love the Lincoln quote because it creates a sense of curiosity and possibility that, you know, again, when you, when you get to know someone better, you find that, um, some of those things fall away, you know, that are, that are various. So thank you. You know, Jim, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing those insights. Really, really appreciate it. That wraps up our podcast.
Please come back to inforummichigan.org for more opportunities to meet him. And also meet her, a podcast series featuring women of accomplishment, sharing their experiences and insights on leadership. And while you're there, check out the other virtual inform components, including a growing library of video tips, virtual leadership development programming, and even a series of virtual events. Thank you.